Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We super appreciate it. Please subscribe on all the platforms and give us a five-star review on iTunes if you think that we deserve it. We are so honored this week to bring you the wonderful sounds of the Des Lons. Why, hello there, Emily. How are you doing today? Good. <laughs> You're a little under the weather, I think, right? A little bit, maybe? No, I'm feeling all right. Um, we're fresh off a gig from last night. So, really definitely, fun, uh, Really fun gig, really too. Fun really gig. fun gig. We played about 20 songs, so that's about... An that, hour and a, a half-ish? Yeah, yeah, I was dancing around the whole time and uh, running on a li- just a just little sleep. Just feel like you did a thousand yeah. squats like, <laughs> during the course yeah, of Yeah, I the do a lot of dips. bouncing up and d- I do a lot of dipping dips. on my knees where I pop up and down. And yeah, the next I know it's a good show if the next morning I have like really sore, like what, yeah. what's this called? Your, uh, your uh, quad? Quad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ana- I'm basic like anatomy bitch class. anatomy. Um, anatomy and class. then uh, if I have a tambourine bruise, that's always good too. I oh, definitely yeah. have, I have one on my side and then I have one on my hand, which Those is happen. always good. Those definitely happen. Like when I was recording with them a lot, I would really bang them, you know, and then I'd oh, do yeah. like 20 takes or whatever. Well, and you don't have to. Now everyone thinks I have to take 20 takes of tambourine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, God, I do a so lot of takes. Tambourine. Yeah, I'm so bad at tambourine. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, you get, I get really into it and I'm kind of jumping and I don't, I don't really know a lot of exciting tambourine, uh, beats, is like that rhythms, what you call like... them? Yeah. So I kind of have to m- like perform with it more because it's pretty basic what I'm doing. So yeah. yeah. Well, you're a good performer, I think. Thanks. I mean, yeah, we, uh, I'm better we performer some, than a tambourine player. <laughs> we had some friends take some videos and they, they were pretty cool. It looked like it, it looked like, uh, we were together and we were energetic. So hopefully hopefully we came across okay. Yeah, you know? it was and a then, lot of fun. Uh, there was a dance floor, which we don't always have. It's the first time we played this venue, and it's uh, we weren't sure about the uh, draw, um, but it drew, and people were dancing, and that's always really fun. Yeah, it, it we drew very well, as did uh, you know Roxy. Um, of course, she always draws well, and Northerner um, drew yeah, well, they, too. Yeah, they do, because they don't play that much. Yeah. And they have a lot of local friends, like Johan's in uh, Well, they're Oakland natives. Yeah. He had a, he had a whole speech about it. <laughs> oh, no, I, I recall. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. It was yeah. a good little spiel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I felt good today after that after that gig. I felt kind of yeah refreshed. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I felt a little triggered because we, did, we didn't uh, have a good agreement with the booker. So yeah. we had a little bit of back and forth today and he wasn't very gracious even. <laughs> and I feel bad for the venue. Well, because the worst part is he wasn't there. He wasn't there and he wasn't gracious. And the thing is. So he didn't see how many people I, there were well, it's a and bummer. What how I, well it went. What I'm trying to say is I don't think the venue um, and him are necessarily connected beyond the booking. Right. So he see, he sees us saying, hey, we think that this was kind of messed up about the payout. And he like codes and starts kind of being condescending, but the venue has nothing to do with that. Yeah. So they had a great time. They had a great yeah. time with us and they like came up to us and they like want us to book more shows in the future. And we want to, but right. it's like, there's so this guy, middleman, there's this middleman yeah. who has no idea what's going on. And he kind of is fucking them over to be honest. Like, yeah. because it was a great night for, for us. We had great cross pollination between the fan bases of the bands that were playing. I think 
it was one of those lineups where sometimes, and we've played these shows where it's like it's a reggae group, and then it's a like a hip hop group, and then it's like a metal band, and then it's like a country band, and it's like this is not. You'd think that it'd bring a lot of different people, and it'd be like a bigger show, but yeah. it actually works against the bands because I it's think like so. no, you when you go to a show. And you want to see a you know kind of a themed show. Not that not that everybody has to sound the same, but it should be a little more cohesive. Yeah, and our three bands are are very different, but I could see the audience. Um, They're uh, in the same umbrella, reacting positively to all three of us. We all have uh, well, not not umbrella. so much northerner, but we all have connection. So we all have like a little bit of like that indie rock kind of vibe to us. Yeah. We all have uh, like Roxy and us have a little bit of that folk rock vibe. And then Northerner kind of has a more atmospheric vibe, which um, Roxy also has. And we're a little yeah. bit more straight ahead rock and roll. We don't we don't do a lot of like atmosphere type of stuff, I'd so like to speak. To. <laughs> we need to be more atmospheric. No, but anyway, the whole point is we had a great time with the venue. I think I'm gonna yeah. try to talk to the venue directly and be like, "Hey, can we just cut this guy out because he's not making sense for you and he's working against your interests? Like it's pretty ridiculous." Maybe. Maybe. And it could work. Um, but then again, there's a there's hundreds of other venues that are going to be more fair, you know, and we yeah. don't have to deal with that. But it anyway, was, uh, it was don't want to be don't yeah. want to be negative, but I don't want to kick off this show in like a super negative way. But no, it's like, it was I had a, I had a great time at that gig. Um, that's the best we played in a while. I got yeah. a lot of positive feedback. There was one creepy dude. There always is. I don't oh know my, why. I think he I think he had something going on in upstairs. Like I I don't think it was. A normal guy. I it think was, there was and I, something. I won't get into it, but I was talking to Marge. No, get into it. Please um, get into it. <laughs> Please get into it. Being a woman in a band is just constantly dealing with these people. Um, yeah. I was chatting with Marge, who rips on a fucking guitar, oh, and she plays yeah, in Roxy. Marge. Oh, can and I give I, her a shout out really quick before yeah. we skip over her? Like, so my amp took a shit. I told everyone, like in the last podcast, that my life is like a walking disaster with all my technology. <laughs> well, and, everything <laughs> always breaks at once. Now your car is gonna fucking. Break oh, don't say that. Don't say that. That, sorry. Um, so basically my amp shit it out and she's like oh i have this awesome super champ you can use and at, like That's i so first cool. saw it and i was like that is a tiny amp and i like in my head i was so judgy not judgy like in a mean way but like i'm like that is a small amp but it was perfect for the room and it had some guts to it man that thing yeah, was it did. screaming yeah. it sounded, it sounded so great. good yeah i was like getting so fired up in my guitar solos because <laughs> it was literally all because of how good the amp sounded and she brought that she did she use that or she, she no, just, brought, she it just brought it for me that's and really nice just a super shout out to marge because yeah. like i asked her and she like went above and beyond yeah. to help us out and to help me out specifically so shout out to marge and that freaking super champ that thing was i was sick. thinking about marge today because like she's one of those she's kind of in the berkeley world that's how i know her um she was in like the musician world with giselle and all the music music phds at berkeley and like she's so like she was talking to me about playing acoustic moving from acoustic guitar to playing electric and she's like yeah in my studies like when i would play i, I was always playing like acoustic guitar stuff basically yeah um and she's like and then i like got an electric and i could like play shows and she's starting yeah. to like she's writing i think she's been writing music for a while but um she's got her own songs and she's kind of like this gritty like badass guitar player and she's got a great singing voice yeah and i'm just like i want you to find a band she's in roxy Pulitzer. and that's really cool yeah and um her band Pulitzer. and i think that's that's going really well but um their their social media is is pretty good like they uh, it's, i think it's all her yeah they've been doing a pretty good <laughs> job of uh promoting themselves and also doing a good job of like booking shows like they're booking a lot of shows with that band so I think she's um, inspired think, to I do think, her own thing. Yeah, and I think Pulitzer is kind of uh, 
it's kind of her her brainchild um as well but i, I just i just want to see and i haven't seen pulitzer yet and i want to but i really am excited to see her play her own music because i've known her for so long yeah. as a musician and i'm just like oh, i want to see you play i, I guess i kind of have um she was uh she was in a band called all the bits for a while and i think they did mostly covers so i'm trying to remember but but yeah she's just been in the circuit for a long time and like i want to introduce her to more of the musicians we know too just because just because she yeah well she does everything right she has yeah. great guitar tone She's got. She dresses up for every show impeccably. Oh yeah, she looks, looks great. great for every show. Yeah, she dresses like she's performing, which is yeah, which is and so which cool. is, yeah. seems to be. Yeah. We've talked about it. We're kind of yeah. like <laughs> we, if you're we, playing. So does yeah. Roxy, and yeah. I, I love that. I'm like, yeah. yes, you're on stage. It's the pageantry of it. Yeah, which and is they're important. they're both music students too. Like they yeah. got their higher education. Well, we are in music, too. So I mean, we huge. are too. We're, yeah, we are. Yeah. Well, you you more than me, I guess. But I mean, you but, were you've been in music classes your whole life. Yeah. Like even though you're not like as much. Really, just high school. And then one. You're in the gospel choir. Don't sell yourself. I short. was in the gospel, the choir, gospel that's choir. That's right. No, and you I cut your teeth in the Steve Sage class. Like you were, you were in music classes your whole life. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's so cool to be able to. I, I want to play a lot more shows with with uh, Roxy Rosson and that band because we are, oh we are because we're and and it's it's fun because we are very different sounding. Um, but like I said, people who dug her set dug our set and vice versa and like people who came for us were like this chick is insane like people were really i was getting so much positive feedback from everybody um and northerner too of course um so it was it was a lot it was a it was a positive positive thing and i yeah. felt really good mostly oh i was gonna po- say sorry positive. <laughs> so okay so marge so i was chatting with marge um she's so supportive too because like she's a re- she's like a real badass guitar player and i'm like strumming Preach. my chords on acoustic guitar hey, so like hey i'm no. doing fine i'm not trying to yeah. talk down on myself i'm doing fine but i'm way 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 in the beginner stage and i know that and uh and she like I got off stage and the first thing she said she was like oh my god you're playing so much guitar yes that's awesome and yeah, I was like yeah it's super that's scary that's the kind of personality <laughs> that's the kind of like no one ever like talks shit on you when they're doing like better than you at something like if Marge like she's a great guitar player so I, I don't oh, think I'm making a stretch when I'm me. saying yeah. she's a better guitar player than you but like. If she, she, what I'm trying to say is no one who's doing things well is going to talk shit on people who aren't doing things as well, and but not, are trying. Yeah, it's not always like the people who are that, like, but, it's yeah. always the haters, like it's the, the people who are people, like yeah. not doing shit. And they're and like, I'm oh, sure... well, she sucks at guitar. And they're like, I'm just like, well, what the fuck are you doing? I tried, I tried to think about that. Cause when I first got on stage with a guitar and I knew there was a lot of musicians in the crowd, it was at Vinny's. I was just like, oh God, I hope. People aren't just saying like, "Why the fuck are they letting her play guitar?" No, you, <laughs> like... said, you, had, you had a really nice warmth and like a different layer and just a different timbre to the music. And um, so timbre, I, I, it's like a quality of the sound. Like a female's voice is a is you know a certain timbre, a male's voice right. is a certain timbre. An electric guitar is a certain timbre, and then an acoustic guitar is a different one. So you add that extra layer. Um, a, an extra voice to the to the live performance, and I think it's really good. So yeah. I think it's great that you're doing it. I want Thanks. you to do it more, but the thing is, and it was my original fear with having you play, not because I thought you would sound bad, but my original fear was you're such a natural performer without the guitar. I didn't know how it would translate like with the guitar. I said that to Nick last night. Nick's a guitar player in a northerner, and he shreds, and he's amazing. He has um, great tone. Great he has tone. great tone, and he's always in the pocket. He's not overdoing it. It's I totally I, I love that band. So he was he was. 
telling me he's like you should be playing on every song and i was like that's super sweet and i think maybe i'll get there one day but there are certain songs that i really like to be a lead singer for you like to get a little freddie mercury i like to get a little you need like to get that half microphone stand just <laughs> i'm all about Did you that. see me accidentally swing the swing the mic last night accidentally no i almost dropped it and i grabbed the uh cable the cable and i, <laughs> and I like oh, it shit. no it didn't look cool it looked like i dropped it but i like grabbed it right before it hit the ground because it would have been like Pfft. oh we've all had those moments and so i i don't know how I've, i haven't dropped a mic in 10 years i was like what the fuck am i doing i think i was a little <laughs> i think i was a little uh self-conscious because i was really tight on the stage like yeah. my guitar was right behind me there was a monitor right in front of me tom was right there you were right there so i was like kind of tight and i was like doing something weird and i like dropped the mic and i pulled it back by the so i was like oh that was almost a i was shocked it didn't pull out to be honest yeah um um but yeah so i, I, I had a moment like that too actually in this <laughs> on stage it was like a really awkward silent moment between songs i had my guitar and i was like are you guys ready to oh play? yeah and i just went good douche i just smacked the mic with my headstock Dude. like hard like flush it was like <laughs> It was like a knockout blow. If it was a human being, they might they might be down for the count. <laughs> Dude, it's 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 because it was a crammed stage. It's like all you can do at that is just like laugh. I just laughed. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. It was a crammed <laughs> stage. I the first time I played guitar on stage, I felt like I was fucking three stoogesing everything. I just was like, I was like, I'm not used to holding this, and I was like hitting Tom and hitting you, and I was just, I, you're just not. I'm used to holding a guitar in my house i'm not necessarily yeah. used to having a mic stand right there and yeah. like tom right there and so i've yeah. de i definitely i think i've gotten a little better at that but um well we're big guys too it's not like tom and i are like small people <laughs> like we take up a lot of real estate <laughs> you, you don't even need to it was just a really yeah. small stage and like i'm right in front of Alante's drum set so i probably i have a little less uh anyway Anyway, it I was think a it lot was of great. fun. Alante had a lot of a lot of people show up, and I think it was the first time a lot of his friends saw us, and I think it was a really good experience for him to be like, "Hey, this is what I've been doing for like four or five years," and like a We're lot of you guys have five years with Alante. Yeah, and this he's year. like, "That's and you guys have never seen this before," and it was just it was a great time. Uh, it was a really great time. Roxy killed it. Northerner killed it. Um, as what as far as just pure entertainment and promotion cross promotion between the bands goes it was a 10 for 10 the like i said a little salty about the uh booking situation but just let it go that's i i mean there's a lot the the industry is notorious for having bookers oh, yeah. who are just a maybe not great at their job and b also like super salty like well it's pretty they're, hard they're to in explain. It to, a lot of the time they're i've noticed um they're not musicians and a lot of the time they're in it to make a profit and so they don't really have that background of being a musician we just booked oh i'm excited about this i'll go on a positive note we because i've been fucked over by promoters and been really like what really like you know um but i i really like uh uh we're, we just booked a jam sellers in napa nice and i had the coolest email exchange with this guy i was like i was like hey we want to play and he wrote back and he was like you guys sound great we want you to play and we just had this thing and then he asked me he's like how much do you guys usually make for this length yeah and we i said i i i said what we wanted to make and what we should make and what we have made and i was like look and i wrote it really carefully i was like look this is what we would typically make this is what we have made mm -hmm. um but we also really want to play this venue so if that's 
if that's in the way, you know, we can negotiate. Yeah. Um, and he, he wrote back and he was like, I'm a musician too. I want to pay you guys what you asked for. Nice. And it was like the coolest thing. I was like, yeah. yes, that's well, exactly who should be booking it's shows. Not like, it's not like we're asking for like Aerosmith. It's, oh, money. it was a totally, <laughs> totally <laughs> fair price. Totally yeah. fair price. Um, and he, and he, he was like, yep, I'm a musician too. And I think that's fair. And I, I want, I want to honor that. Well, and that was, yeah. I'm like, wow, that's well, never that's happened. the way it should be, right? <laughs> that's the way I it mean, should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Anyway, I don't want to go on and on about booking, but we it, there are a... good bookers and there are, you know, kind of sketchy bookers. Yeah. And if you come across a sketchy booker and you're in a band out there, do not stand for it. Just do not play with them again. Yeah. It's that easy. And then let your friends know that they're sketchy. Like yeah. word of mouth will travel and it, it just doesn't need to be. Um, it, it shouldn't be tolerated in, in music circles. It shouldn't. And we and I don't ever want to sound like oh we played a show and we didn't get paid a lot it's not like that it's when you play a show and you know the venue made a ton of money off the we door we know i broke down the math in the, the email i broke and down the band all the didn't math see it that yeah. that's that's really specifically what we're talking about yeah because like if we play a dead show and we don't get paid i absolutely yeah. that's You're fair like, that's totally bad, fair. you know yeah and and if we play or if we play a really good venue and we get paid kind of low because we're like we're gonna, if there's yeah there's situations it's case by case but like this one was definitely on the side of sketchy um um, but I, I just don't want to sound like we're like complaining like we no, should be getting paid. I mean, paid. We're, we're a little, yeah. I'm a little bitter just because I literally was just emailing with him like 30 minutes before we started this podcast. I was go. like, God dang it, dude. Like, can't you just like put your pride down? Because he was like taking things. It seemed like he was taking things personally. And like my email was like very professional and like not. It was like devoid of emotion. I think he was kind of. I think he was kind of drunk because he was, <laughs> at, he was at NAM. He was like, I'm sitting at a bar at NAM, and I'm like, oh well then maybe you should sleep on this and like not because yeah. he sends some like pretty condescending emails and and it's just like riddled with typos yeah anyway, anyway. i don't want to get too much yeah into it. So we have an exciting uh, band to discuss. We today. do, and, and we know how to say their name correctly. Yes, it took <laughs> it took years, but we finally figured it out. <laughs> it didn't take years. I'm gonna let you do it first, anyway, just in case. Deslons. The Deslons. The Deslons. It's like Des Bryant, the football player, and Lons. It's like lawn, like L A W N is how. Yeah, I had to watch a video of them saying it. And I'm like, it's <laughs> not hard. Um, but I thought it was the Deslins. I thought it was the Deslandis. Yeah, and I think they get I think they get it pretty butchered. But well, Deslins it's a rough is a name street... to pronounce. It's not. It's. I mean, vi- I mean, it's not phonetic at all. Nah. No, oh, come on, be honest. It's not one of those words that shocks me when yeah. I hear that. I'm like, like, oh, that's really surprising. Um, Deslandis would have surprised me. But I mean, we're. We're both college graduates. We're not, <laughs> I mean, like, we're looking at this word. We're trying to break this word down. We're not like, just, we're not yeah. crazy. And then, so, so this is a band. It's a five-piece band from New Orleans. Um, not from New Orleans, but based in New Orleans now. They're all kind of from all over. They're from all over the place. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Riley Downing is from Missouri, and I know that Sam Doors was actually born in San Francisco. Um, yeah, but uh, but he's been all over. He does, he's like, I'm not really from anywhere. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting... Uh, interesting group um and then Stuart. so so the way we found these guys was that Stuart, you found Sam this was no this was a, a weird this was a ago. weird thing oh so well not not that weird i mean it was it's weird in terms of like us finding bands because like right. we find bands like I'll, it'll be anything from like uh spotify like i'm scrolling spotify and i see like a name or a a band that catches my eye like for whatever yeah. visually and then I'll check them out I'm like oh shit or they'll pop up on a Spotify playlist maybe Pandora they'll pop up 
Instagram, I'll see some pictures or like a small video. Like Charlie Crockett, I saw a small video of him on Instagram, and I was like, dude, he looks really funky. Yeah. And uh, he sounds pretty good. And then I yeah. just checked him out more, you know? Yeah. Like CW Stone King, I found him through a flyer. Like he was opening for a band that I already liked. I've 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 done that. I've checked out bands that are on a on a bill. Um, yeah. Or we've seen an opening band. And yeah. This band is great. So yeah. There's but a lot anyway, of ways. Sam Doors was completely different from that. Sorry, this Sam Doors is one of the lead singers of the Deslins. Yeah. So. Although they all kind of, they like to say a lot in their interviews. They're like, we all write and we all share the singing. And they do. Yes. But you're right. It's he, mostly him and Riley, Doors and Riley. Him and Riley are right. trading off Dunning, most, right? most of the time. Downing. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Riley Downing has a killer voice. But uh, so does Sam Doors. But um, so Sam, um, he was in Berkeley at the Starry Plow. And this was back when you and I used to go to the Starry Plow all the time. So when I was living there? When we were both living there. This was years and years 20, ago. This was like 2013, 14. No, it was when I was living there too. So, so it was like 2013 or, or 14. Maybe as late as 15, but I don't think so. And um, basically, they're like, we got a guy from New Orleans coming up on stage. I'm like, well, you know, he's going to be good. Like, oh, yeah. So I was I was stoked. I was, I was waiting around for him. And he played... Um, he ended up playing with one of his band members. Um, I think it was uh, Cameron Is Snyder, the, the vocalist and the, the short-haired fifties-looking guy. Yeah, I, he's a percussionist vocalist. Like yeah, he he's plays like blonde. Yeah, he has this cool thing. He does like that kind of. He has like the stomping bass drum, but he stands up while playing it, and then he also has like this weird hand drum that yeah, he plays too. Yeah, that's that's. And he sings really high. And they met each other first. I was oh, reading the timeline. Okay, yeah. well they were hanging out. At, at they they met in uh, college, um, and dropped out together. In uh, Seattle. Yes. It was it Seattle or just Washington? It's the it's in it's uh yeah Pacific. It's Northwest. all Seattle up there. <laughs> no. Could be fucking. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so so uh, Cameron and Sam were chilling at the Starry Plow, and they're like, oh, they're from New Orleans. They're gonna play. We, I might have done like an open. I think it was an open mic, and I might have performed earlier that night. Just like, you know, my dorky, like, you know, play some Oasis, you know, do a few originals. That whole yeah. dorky Stuart thing. To be clear, not Wonderwall. Not Wonderwall. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Anyway, so they <laughs> to be played, more did clear, they play the... Don't Look Back in Anger. Is yeah, it's like. a great song. And then, anyway. so yeah, the Starry Plow does a thing where they have their, I think it's Tuesday night open mic, and you yeah. each get one song, yeah. but they always have a featured artist and they do like five or six songs. Yeah. Yeah, so that he was featured. So he was featured cool. and he is a New Orleans-based artist, and I was just blown away. I thought he had a great voice and a great vibe. He does that, you know, that Americana, like shit that we love, and yeah. I was so fired up to hear him, and, I, and so he came uh, around the bar afterwards, and I was like, hey man. I, I really enjoyed your set like I just told him and he's really quiet like kind of a shy guy you can tell in the interviews and uh yeah. I mean it it, it was kind of like you know very sparse conversation uh for sure and um he said oh we have a cd it's like ten dollars I'm like man can I just buy you a beer and he's like <laughs> yeah that's fine do you want a cd I'm like yeah I'd love a cd but like I don't have ten dollars in cash I like in my card you know so oh, I was like yeah. can I just can I just Pre buy you a beer yeah. yeah can I just buy you a beer and he's like sure so he gave me this this door it was a pre or sorry door this album Sam door and Sam, Sam doors. doors and the tumbleweeds was the name of the album and yeah. it was a pre-release like version of the CD it was like a white CD 
Sand Doors, and The Tumbleweeds. Nice. And it had some great songs on it. And I l- really liked that album. Our friend yeah. Jeff Cam was there. And he loved them. And he oh always God, talks Jeff to me Cam. still about... I haven't talked to him in years. But like, <laughs> whenever I do see him, he's like, dude, whatever happened to Sam Doors? Like, every time. It's so funny. But... Anyway, um, so I ended up trading him a beer for this Sam Doors and the Tumbleweeds album. And that was pretty much the entire conversation we had. He was a very quiet guy, like very yeah. kept to himself. Yeah. And I felt like probably super aggressive because, you know, this is how I am in normal life. So I'm, I can be a little overwhelming to people Aww, when fine. I talk to him. But yeah, so that's how I found out about him. And then um, the more like on that CD, Riley is on that CD. Um, is Riley he? Downing is on that CD, but not got, as much as yeah. Sam. You can his voice is pretty not, damn detectable. Yeah, and it's a and the true, thing is, true is bass. The Deslons are Sandors and Tumbleweeds, literally the exact same members. Yes. So all five of them. Except they added. They added a the guy who's guy. like kind of an auxiliary guy who's badass. But yeah, and he's like married with with kids too. So oh. I think. Uh, but they yeah. But basically, this was the Deslons that I saw, but it was only a part of them. But then the album that I got was basically the Deslons before they changed their name and became the Deslons. Yeah. And then, you know, they're, they've taken off a little bit from there. You know, they're doing well for themselves. They're on a good trajectory. Yeah. But, um, essentially that's how we found out about him. He's just yeah. met him at some random bar in Berkeley doing an open mic. Yeah. And, um, he was, you know. He well, was you a, showed me that uh, YouTube video of it's Sam. Now I know it's Sam and it's Dan Cutler who looks completely different in this video because he's y- clean shaven. Yeah. And I'm like, is that their same bass player? And then I kind of looked again and I was like, that is. Um, and then I guess, I don't know if it's Riley in that video. It's hard to tell because it's like this guy kind of. Anyway, and they're doing Wrong Time to Be Right, which we're going to play at the end. Yeah. Um, and uh, you showed me that and I was like, I love this song. And I remember I think wrong I like. Wrong Time to Be Right. Yeah, wrong time to be yeah. right. And I was like, I love this song. I love this song. And um, I could only uh, listen to it by playing that YouTube video. So whenever I wanted to hear it, I'd play yeah. it. So I knew all he I looked- had was that white album so for I the knew- long time. <laughs> so I knew what he looked like. And I was uh, waitressing in Oakland, and I actually um, we were like really slow. I-, I used to work right next to the New Parish in Oakland. It was a restaurant attached to the New Parish, and uh, they've moved now. And uh, I was like setting up something behind the bar, and I look out, and there's a big like van, like a not a big, big, like, you know, Katy Perry touring van, but like, it's just like a van, you know, like somebody's van. And, um, and I was like, oh, that's a band. And, uh, yeah, he came out with his little cowboy hat and I was like, oh, that's Sam Doors. <laughs> and I remember texting <laughs> him and I'm like, I, I, I felt like a total creep, but I was like, I know who that is because, yeah. uh, because you, because I've watched that video a bunch of times and I like that song and I was like, holy shit, are they playing? And then I tried to figure out who was playing that night and it was actually Hooray for the Riff Raff, who he was touring with. Okay. I think Dan was touring with them too. And they're great. I like walked in on their, I could like, it was kind of a cool restaurant because we could like, you guys like, were like kind of connected to the venue, right? We were literally connected. Yeah. Like I could walk through a back door in my kitchen and like be in the venue. And like, so we would just, I saw uh, the Flame and Groovies there. Oh shit. I saw, yeah, I would just just walk in and everybody was cool with us at that bar it wasn't like sketchy like i'd walk like we would feed the bartenders and they would like be cool with us just walking in so anytime like um some cool band was playing you know it'd be like hey after our shift do you want to go walk over and so i walked over to check out hooray for the riffraff and i was like holy shit that girl is incredible um and they've really taken off and so he used to tour with them a lot um and then i think now they're just doing kind of the deslins but the deslins is deslons it's going to happen all podcast. I it cuz when I'm reading it in my brain I want to do it that way. So um so it's Sam Doors, Riley Downing, Dan Cutler, John James Torville and Cameron Snyder. 
is the band right now. And basically their lineup are two guitars, um, which is Sam and, and Riley. Riley. And they also both play harmonica occasionally. Probably for Oh, I've seen Sam play it, but I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they both do. And um and Cameron, he plays that weird percussion, which is kind of like almost like stray cats without like the the cymbals. It, where they're standing up doing percussion, you know, right. and like singing. Well, it's and you said this before, but it's kind of like, and w if you watch videos of them online, um, and I've seen Cameron play a set. I think he does in the the Santa Sad Song video, but it's typically I could be wrong. Um, I'm wrong a lot, but it's typically like I have. They're set up like a street. They're set up like a street band that you would see yeah, on the streets in New totally. Orleans. I don't think they play the streets anymore, but it's like. They they're very portable. They're like yeah. a, a jug band, basically. Yeah. So then Dan Cutler, he plays the upright bass and also sings. Yeah, it's a and big old bass. Finally, he seems like maybe he's the hired gun, the mercenary of the group. But John James, he plays fiddle. He plays pedal steel. And I also pedal saw steel's him, badass. Yeah, and I also saw him play a wicked like lead Telecaster too. So he plays oh, a little electric guitar too. So stuff. he yeah. he might be there like. You know, they're uh, mercenary, like jack of all trades, auxiliary guy, which is pretty badass to have. Yeah, um, he plays fiddle too. Do you want to just get right into it? Um, yeah, let's get, get into the first um, tune. Yeah, so Riley Downing is going to be singing this song, and it's, uh, I'll say, like, uh, it's, it's, um, it's one of their dancing songs for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's one of their upbeat tunes. Um, which, oh man, I didn't write this down. Uh, what album is this off of again? This is off their <laughs> self titled album, right? I, th I think so. Okay. We see. So yeah, we're <laughs> I doing, usually write this shit our down. New and I'm like, form oh of no. Podcasting is handwritten notes, so I don't have Spotify to I know, stare at. I know. And my phone. I'm like trying to keep my phone away from me because it's just like I don't need that distraction in my life. But oh, anyway, we'll say after we play it. We'll yeah. just say it after we play it. But uh, this song's called "Less Honkin', More Tonkin" by the Dead. <laughs> Just a trying 99 Had a place I needed to be And I had to be on time Cars they started slowing down Slowing down in line People just gave on And hog off for miles And stared out the window Just as far as I could see I saw the whole lot And nothing And I sat back comfortably About the time she rolled that window Down the time it all went wrong I swear to you Lord I'm about to pull this damn wheel off All I could hear was Honk, honk, honk Darn I need some talk, talk, talk Talking more, talking blue. Now, if you're running down that highway and you're thinking 99, if you're late, be late, let your chances take your time. All you got to do, buddy, is lay off that home. Off the self-titled. Is that 2015? When, when when did that come out? Man, now you're quizzing me. I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> I um, thought you said. So they have they they have um they have two full length albums. So they have the Deslands, which is 2015, 
and that's where that's from. Nice. I nailed it. 2015. And then they have Hurry Home from 2017. Um, I love – so I love their – I like their album uh, Self-Titled, but I really like their new album because I feel oh, like – I love their new album. I feel like everything just has like that little bit more like – turn up i don't know like everything has a little bit more oomph to it i don't know how to explain it like every maybe it's the i think it's the way that or... it was recorded like everything yeah. just has that just a little bit more amount of just you know just a f I, i'm doing like a fist pump motion over here yeah I, I don't there's a lot we gesture yeah. a lot a lot of missed yeah. gestures oh, that you totally. guys don't get to see i know maybe one day we'll have video but anyway <laughs> oh no so yeah i just think it, this is one of their really great like rock and roll feels it almost has yeah. like a uh traveling band like um creedence clearwater like vibe to it but a little bit more a little bit more hoedown style you know what i mean it's like the hoedown style version of like a a rock and roll song like that like traveling band um and i love how the lyrics are just kind of like rapping they're coming so fast like the whole time i think that's got to be riley because he does that other song uh you know that song yum yum where they're just talking about food the whole time they're just like (laughs) collard greens it's just like (laughs) Yum yum. It's just there. T- it's there's so many lyrics in that song, and it's 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 not fast, but it's it's. I'm just watching them going like, how do they remember all these words? Oh, I couldn't. And now, I, the thing that's so, and all five of them are singing every word. I'm like, yeah. Jesus, they're so well rehearsed. The thing that's so funny about Riley, I I think he he like in interviews, he's just so like. He just seems like such a chill dude. Like he's like that one interview that's just hilariously intense. Like. You that, mean terrible? <laughs> you mean the? I'll call them out. I don't care. There's it, a terrible. It's not terrible on their part. Like the oh no, interviewer. They is, are. They, they are. They look troopers. so confused. They're like, "Are you serious, dude?" They are like, angels so for putting up with this fucking oh guy. My God, yeah. It, no, this there's guy, just a. There's. I'm. I'm sorry. I. I try not to talk shit on this podcast. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna come back and bite me. But like, it's just a really bad interview. It's. 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 Yeah. Um, the guy keeps interrupting them. First of all, he'll like ask a question and then Sam will like start to answer it. And he's like, and then he just changes the subject and asks another question. Like, it's just so frustrating to watch. It's just like painful to watch. And he's asking them weird shit too. Like shit. It's like, what? There's a little bit of a language barrier. There's a little bit of a language barrier. I think he's a German guy. I I might be, I might be wrong. I think he's a German guy. Yeah. And he comes in with these questions, like comes in hot. And then like, he doesn't like, no one in the band knows who he's asking these questions to so you can tell they're all like kind of looking at each other they're all holding like these tuck these tacades i'm also terrible camera work yeah they're holding these tacades i imagine they're warm provided by the interviewer and like like basically sam looks super confused like the whole time he's like wait is Oh, he's being so Yeah, he's sweet, being really though. patient, he's but being he's so like patient. <laughs> it's rough to watch. Yeah. Like he's anyway. I felt I felt bad for them cuz this guy kept asking these weird questions and when they tried their best to to like answer him, he like interrupts them like super oh hardcore, but, but anyway, really Riley cool. is in that one and he's not really taking the bullshit. Like when <laughs> like when he gets when he starts asking like answering a question, the guy like doesn't try to interrupt him and if he does, it's like Riley's just saying his bit and it's great uh, he just has like this really like matter of fact way of speaking and it comes across in his music he, he's he sounds yeah. so authentic like he yeah. sings the way he talks and he's single-handedly bringing overalls back for everybody i love it yeah <laughs> he's like it. he's just doing it and he's just such a talented uh lyricist i imagine he's the one writing the songs that he's singing I think so. Yeah, um, I imagine. I could and be you, wrong. And you can tell. Um, and what's so cool is like to have so many different songwriters in the band. 
um, and and yet still have a really uh, cohesive uh, sound. Yeah. Like, and they they talk about you know it's like okay when we're getting ready for an album we have five songwriters it's like we kind we'll we'll write and record like twenty two songs and yeah. then we'll kind of pick which songs make sense for the album and they kind of put their egos aside which is totally. really amazing and they're just like look what twelve songs are gonna fit together mm-hmm. and they 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 accomplish that with everybody getting their yeah, their uh, I would say their songs on the there, lion's which is so share. The lion's share of the songs vocally go to Riley, and then the second most, pretty close. I would say they're just slightly less. It's probably Sam Doors singing. It's right. slightly less than Riley. Then there's a lot of them singing together, which is like, which is I think it's the best when they sing together. I think it's the I best. I think that's too. the best blend. And they both. So correct me if I'm wrong. I think Riley is a true, like bass like a johnny cash bass and then i is he's sam got a, a great, berry he's got i mean you you heard him in that last track he's got like this great gravelly like, voice that like, just has like a great like twang to it his his accent comes across in the recording little, yeah. which i think is always great i love it when yeah. accents come across in recording i do too and um i yeah he's definitely has like that that gravelly kind of lo- he doesn't sing high and and that's where sam comes in and then uh and then cameron comes in even above sam yeah um but yeah, I, I think they have a great blend, but when it comes to like just soloists, I love I love Riley's voice because it's just so thoroughly authentic and it's so and good. I always yeah. have a I'm a sucker for like gravelly voices too. I mean I'm a huge Yeah, Tom and Woods he talks fanatic, like that too. You know. He very, talks exactly cool. like that. So <laughs> it's not yeah, well, it's, it's not a front or anything. And like and that. like I, I've already said this but I'll say it again. There's some songs where all five of them are singing. Yeah. Like watch that uh Jam in the Van video they do a uh, Yum Yum and all five of them I think I think all five. Man, if I not found, four out of the five you know are found, all singing every word. I find word. a lot of bands from Jam in the Van. I find a lot of I, bands. I should get into it more. They're I, great. Yeah. I found the Growlers from Jam in the Van. Oh, nice. That was years ago. That was like 2013 I found the Growlers. We, we got to get on that. And um, yeah, they they played The Going Gets Tough, I think, in Jam in the Van. And I was like, this song is awesome. And I love it. It's so inspiring. Yeah. You know? Um, Anyway, the Growlers, we we can't really talk about them specifically, no. like as a band in this podcast, because they blew up. They blew up, and they have such a cool vibe because they like they're like a brand now. Like they're not, like beyond just being a band, they're like actually a brand. Like they put on these weird like costume style like like shows and festivals like they put on a beach goth festival that they headline and they organize yeah. and they're just they have so like a proactive. cult following a lot like the grateful dead yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a pro it's like a proactive thing that they do they say fuck these record label execs like we're gonna do our thing and it's so like authentically growlers like everything they do and yeah. they and I, i'm just a huge fan of them they, they love the pageantry and they also are just doing great things for for the community. Yeah, and they're yeah they're getting huge. I I kind of knew they were huge when I was in my like hostel bar in Prague, and I heard somebody blasting the Growlers oh, outside yeah. the window, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, yeah. "How are they? What?" Oh, I knew they were huge when I heard them in the Levi's store. I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a, yeah another version. Yeah. Um. So the Deslons. Um. I mean, every single interview you'll see is going to ask them about their their names. So I'll we'll briefly go over, and it's it's kind of a cool yeah it's a cool definitely. thing. So it's a uh, it's a it's a street. Um, so f- they were Sam Doors and the Tumbleweeds, and then for a while they have a little. Uh, I like love the name album. the Tumbleweeds, by the way. It's great, yeah. and then they have an album called Sam Doors and Riley Downing and the Tumbleweeds, and that's, that's also a little too extra, a little too extra. That's also on Spotify, and then I think they said 
you know, let's take our names out and rename ourselves as sort of a the de- yeah the yeah. Deslon. They rebranded. Yeah. They 100% rebranded. Yeah. 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 Um, as as opposed to somebody and the yeah, you know, it's like I think we're it, all the Deslons. It could have also been a good together. move. It could have also been a good move to go as like the tumbleweeds, just like cut all they the cut all yeah. the shit off. But they decided to go in a different direction with it and i think that's where the rebranding came in they kind of i think they wanted to kind of and it has a, get a maybe have a new beginning and so it's not just a random name either it's it's a uh it's um it has some meaning behind it which is good because when you rebrand if you just pick a cool sounding yeah. name that's not so good but it's a. Uh, um, so basically, Sam Doors has a house in uh, New Orleans, and he said it's kind of off the beaten path a little. It's outside of yeah. the city, and it's right on the Mississippi, and it's on Deslon Street. Um, so, and they've all kind of, he said they've all kind of lived there at one point. Um, oh, look. Oh, I have a quote about it right here. Oh, do sometimes you? Sometimes I have my <laughs> oh, physical notes in order, and sometimes I don't, but I do. Um, so it's in the uh, Lower Ninth Holy Cross neighborhood. Um so he says, uh, the band started here. Uh, we started writing, recording, and rehearsing here. We've all lived on Deslon. It's right where the river bends. People hang out and trade tunes. We have a lot of bonfires in the backyard. I used to host songwriter nights around the fire. We'd have speakeasies, bands, dances, cookouts. It's like being in the country, but right in the city, it's the best of both worlds. Um, and then he says, we all had other names we fancied, but at the end of the day, the Deslons was the one that agreed with us best. And we've been explaining the pronunciation ever since <laughs> yeah it's a rough go it's not phonetic for sure not phonetic I, yeah um, and i'm not trying to say like it's not an error like at all to have a name that's right. tough to, to say it's just you're you're gonna that's like the cross you're gonna have to bear right if you have like I'm, a complicated I think name yeah i think yeah i mean it. it's just a thing that's gonna happen yeah i mean we both uh, until we saw the interview, we both thought it was like we each individually thought it was a different pronunciation, <laughs> and it, yeah. and neither of them were right. We were yeah. 0 for two. Um. So yeah, and I mean, coming out. Um. So coming to New Orleans too, like they talked about, or Sam talks about at least. I think it was Sam. Um. I'd look for the quote, but I have too many notes in front of me. But he basically says something along the lines of like, when I came to New Orleans as a singer songwriter, I thought I could like you know go to clubs and play my songs and people would sit and listen and he's like i found out really quickly that like that's not what people want here like they want to dance um and then so when they start writing their songs and then they start playing their songs as the deslons and they uh they have all their friends dancing they were like we got to write more dancing songs yeah so that's actually and i thought that was interesting it was kind of a quick little quote that he had but i was like well that's interesting because it's like it's sort of this phenomenon of like the audience sort of um and the the live vibe when you're playing yes. like the live performance being a huge part of the songwriting and i think that's really cool and i've thought that way totally i write a lot of sad songs and then i'm like you know what i want to write a song that i'm excited to play live yes yeah i mean there's a couple schools of thought right there there are definitely audiences where you'll go and they want to sit in rapt attention and listen to every lyric and just like there's there just, there are venues for learn that the story and it's like yeah there are venues for that a lot of berkeley Definitely. venues are good for that <laughs> i used to go to the, some of the open mics and be like this is just a sad evening like of i i remember <laughs> i played uh, i played an open mic in um santa barbara one time and uh it was rough because everyone just wanted to drink and yell like you, like oh, santa wow. barbara's like a wet town so, so they're what? like 
They're drinking a lot. They're chatting so what a lot. kind of band does well? Like a like an upbeat. Well, we did fun well band? when we played as a full band. We did. We did. But I did not do well as a solo acoustic guy at this open mic. Like no He's one was drowned listening. Out. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, oh. no one was listening. And I don't. I don't think I played bad. I played some you know upbeat tunes. But the thing is, is like people want to like the thing about Santa Barbara and a lot of towns, maybe New Orleans, is people like to go out and have a good time. So like maybe sitting there in rapt attention watching a singer-songwriter is not their idea of a good time. They want to have their friends they're talking to. They want to talk to that beautiful yeah. girl across the bar. They want to freaking pound down uh, Irish car bombs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and There's well, like different ideas of a good time, and a yeah. lot of people's idea of a good time is dancing. So yeah. like, if, Well, especially in the South. Yes. and if Like, you wanna, go to any bar in Austin, Texas, everyone's dancing, yeah. and they're dancing really well. Yeah, and like Texas has a crazy. Tre- Texas has a crazy scene. Like I was listening to that uh, this one podcast, and they were um, talking about Mike and the. I think it's Mike in the Moon Pies. They're like they like mm-hmm. got their start as a dance band in like like Texas, like a honky tonk and like dance band. So they would play like people four love, or five yeah, hours. People sets, love dancing. Yeah, where they're just playing songs that people are dancing to for hours, and like that's how they got their start. And then they started to kind of blow up, and now they're like the hip Texas band that like. You know, they're like the musician's musician. Anyway. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, when we were in Austin, we went to, uh, I'm sure it's like the kitschy tourist thing to do, but we went to like a two-step class and then uh, there was like a live band kitschy. and then you just get into it. Um, and it, I was like, oh, this place is packed and everybody's dancing really well and they're yeah. like young and it's really cool. It's Seems a cool like a culture fun, that like, like a fun I, vibe, yeah. Oh, it's so fun and it's then not New California. Orleans, it's not California. New Orleans I guess has that too. I mean, I've been to New Orleans a few times and like I haven't really gone out. You had your dancing. honeymoon in New Orleans. I did. Yeah. yeah. Got engaged and then honeymoon there. Um and seen a lot of live music there. Um and a lot of it on the streets and a lot of great live music yeah. on the streets. And it's exciting to think that like these bands that we really idolize and love, like the Deslons and Charlie Crockett and stuff like that, are just really started there. Yeah. And so I, I try to pay attention to street bands. I'm like, are these people? <laughs> like, are, are these going to be like, not are they going to get big, but like, do they have that special thing? Where yeah. Like, you know, and I yeah. think most of them do. I think so. Um, well, not maybe not most of them, but but definitely some of them do. Like, there are some street performers. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I was in New York City, and there was a street performer outside of the, what's it called? The Met? Is that the museum out there? Yeah, the Metropolitan yeah. Museum. And um, Met. he was so talented. He had, like, this crazy yellow bass, and he was singing and playing all these crazy lead lines on his bass. It was, like, kind of distorted. Like, what? And I was like, this guy is so incredible. And I'm like, what's, why is it that he's, you know, playing on the street, and this is when I was young, so I was like 13, I didn't understand that not every musician who's good can just show up and play like a packed theater, you know It's very I mean? political, you guys, as, yeah. you, as you've heard us talk yeah. about. Yeah, so it's like, he's <laughs> playing on the street, but he's just incredible, and I'm sure he's doing, you know, great things, but it, it just goes to show that there can be the most incredible musicians on the street if you just stop and watch. The thing that bums me out the most is when people like stop and watch and they're like taking pictures, like taking Instagram stories, and then they can't even peel off like a one dollar bill oh, yeah, for you, the guys. Oh like, yeah, it's, it's if you're gonna stop and spend time to watch someone, like bring cash, bring a little charitable, <laughs> huh? Yeah, but yeah, they say um, basically uh, there's a lot of community in New Orleans. They're really tied to that. Um, and he says, uh, we go out every week dancing to our friends' bands, Sam. Everyone social dances in two steps, and uh, that had a huge impact on what we wanted our sound to be. 
And then, yeah, Sam says, when I first came to New Orleans, I was a singer-songwriter. I was expecting to play in places where people would sit and listen, and I quickly realized it wasn't going to happen. When we saw our friends dancing, we ended up just writing a lot of songs people could dance to. Uh, one of our first gigs in town, we started this country night, um, and people were coming out and dancing, and then it got moved around. Um, anyway, yeah, so, so um, yeah, we're just kind of uh, giving a space for all our friends to come out and dance, and that that's... You can hear that on their record. Too. Yeah, there's definitely those like really drawly, yeah, yeah, kind of like um, like hurry home where it's like a, you know. Well, do you want to play this ain't a sad song? Yeah, let's play. Because that's uh, a, like a fun. They have a fun video of the song where yeah. like it it pretty much incorporates everything we just talked about. Them, there's like the uh, you know that I think the house is probably their house, right? Like the house that he's in. It has to be right. Uh, that's in the video. I don't know if their house is in this video. It's in the other video we watched, but they're in like a little, it looks like a little venue that they're but it's, in this one. But they, don't they go, oh, is this not the same where they're like walking and they have like a bunch of different venues and it's not just in the venue. It's like there's a bunch of different clips, right? No, that's the, oh, that's the other video. <laughs> Which video is that of? That's the real deal the where real they're deal? picking up all the members. Oh, yeah. That's totally, a really good yeah. video. Uh, the Santa Sad song is mostly in like them playing live in a, in like a little tiny like bar kind of thing with a stage. All right, well I'm I'm totally wrong then. No, but okay. <laughs> check out check it out. Yeah. Um basic basically I think in the video there's like definitely people dancing. Like it's a yeah. live one and there's people dancing to it and so yeah. like so uh, anyway, it's a good vibe. Um this And Sam and Sam is singing this one cuz we just had Riley singing and then we'll yeah. hear Sam. And they have, you know, when I first heard the Deslons album, I was like is this all Sam Doris? Can he sing that low? And then I cuz they have they're similar except now that I now that I know it's two different guys, I can absolutely hear that it's Sam has a slightly higher voice. He doesn't have nearly the rasp or the like the kind of grit that that It's Riley sort of does. like a Lennon McCartney yeah. thing for me where I was like I was like, oh, they're kind of similar, but then once I, oh, I like isolated them, I now I couldn't mix them up again. But yeah. in the beginning, when it was just abstract and I was just listening, I was like, oh, you know, that could be him singing ba like lower now. But anyway, so yeah, so this is gonna be Sam singing, and it's a, uh, yeah. Yeah. So this one's off their album, uh, 2017, 2017 album, Hurry Home, and it's called This Ain't a Sad Song. I watched the day turn
listening to that today uh, when I was driving around. Um, and I, that last, at the very end, he, he has to be doing a, like a little bit of a callback to Otis Redding because he goes, I've been singing these serious, serious songs, which is exactly the way that Sad Otis sings. Is all I know. It's, yeah. it's the exact words and it's almost the exact same way that Otis sings it. And I heard that and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I never. Like an homage you're saying. Yeah, it's like an homage. What did I call it? A, a callback? An homage, <laughs> word. I yeah. I hope I get the part of Otis Redding. In so the... good at English. Um. <laughs> anyway, I I also love how that song changes at the end to the same. Well, it has a really song. cool transition to it because really it has cool these transition. two chords that lead into that last part, and yeah. they're completely outside of the rest of the song, and maybe outside the key. I don't know. My my ear is pretty good. They sound like they sound like they're great transition chords that lead into this like outro that they have. Yeah. So it's like it's like da 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 it changes. Yeah. Yeah, because it's already a dancing song, but when it really picks up at the end, I wonder if live they just kind of jam on that end part. Have to, right? Yeah. Um so I think it could be John James playing the guitar in the before the outro, like the guitar solo before the outro. Yeah, I think so. Because it's some ripping guitar. It's some ripping guitar. And I don't know. I don't mean to slight like Riley or Sam if they are playing this, but I've never seen them play anything like that on the videos or anything like that. But I have seen John James play lead guitar or electric guitar. And that's an electric guitar, and it has some really cool vibes to it. But I have two things that I really love about that song. One is it has like this awesome minor feel to it, which yeah. you don't always associate with like kind of upbeat. Um, it's different than a lot of their songs. Yeah. And you don't always associate like minor keys with right. like kind of upbeat da- dance numbers. Yeah. But this has like a minor key and it has like an upbeat dance feel. Yeah. So I really like that. Um, and it has like this twangy Telecaster like going throughout it, which I really like. It kind of reminds me of like we were talking about Link Ray like a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And like kind of that surf rock kind of uh, it's it's a weird vibe. But um, that twangy lead Telecaster line that goes throughout in between uh, the verse like vocals is really cool. Yeah. And the the other thing. It reminds me of like a '60s like LA rock and roll band, like uh, like the Ronettes, you know, like yeah, be my baby, like, like a girl dun, group, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, well, those drums, dun, 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 dun. Dun. yeah, it has dun, that like dun, be dun. my little baby, like yeah. almost like vibe to it, but yeah. it's a totally minor key and it's like kind of in this country setting, so it's like yeah. a great adoption of this like Phil Spector type wall of sound, absolutely, beaten, like Ronettes shit, but yeah. it's like. So, you know, down south it's, New Orleans. It, it's Yeah, and it's taken and they talk about um, you know, like New Orleans is obviously known for jazz and blues. Um, and they talk about how country gets ignored a little bit, but it absolutely comes out of New Orleans too. And those yeah. things all blend together. Um, and those genres all all blend together. Um, I what I one thing I really love about that song, um uh two things that I notice, um really right away is like vocally um he's doing something kind of unpredictable in the end of the chorus he goes where well, they sing a sad song and it's it, it, goes seems, to a, it goes to a major key it seems different yeah so it, it, it transitions it you, from a minor to off. major so that's that's another cool thing about it yeah and um and he goes up on that note which is yeah. kind of the uh, it, it works so well but it's not how like if I was just to sing that I'd probably just sing it straight and he just yeah. does that little different thing and then also I I do like songs that have a little bit of a 
I don't know if you'd call it postmodern lyricism where you're acknowledging like that it's a song that you're writing yeah. as opposed to just it, like breaks. So, what's it called? Breaking the f- the breaking that fourth wall. Fourth wall? Yeah, right, I yeah, think yeah. of postmodernism with like, that word. How many like, walls are there? <laughs> well, it's like when you're when you're watching like a a TV show or a movie and they look at the camera and they and yeah. they say something like that's that's a lot. Uh, it's a similar it's a similar idea like, like the big short kind of like did you oh say man big it's short? been a long time but yeah but you know how like they try to explain it like they break in the middle of the movie and they like try to explain like oh this is what's going on with because it's yeah. fucking confusing like the big short's a confusing fucking movie <laughs> if they don't explain it to you so it's kind of like that where they're yeah. like ex- like this ain't a you know like they're acknowledging that it's you know like in the big short they're acknowledging it's a movie and in this are acknowledging that they're that in it's a song, song. Yeah. yeah and i and i and i like that because it's an interesting approach um and then i wanted to uh i found this really great uh i i have a lot of uh interviews where sam and riley are are uh are, are talking a lot and i found uh one quote from cameron that i thought was really great and it's him talking about genre nice um and you so love you love talking about genre too i love talking about genre um, you have beef with genre so cameron has a fucking great um, this is an uncut article. Um, he has a great uh, shoot. They're on the uncut quote on it magazine. Oh, yeah, damn. we did another band that was on uncut, yeah, and I can't did. remember who it was. Um, but uh, but yeah. So Cameron says uh, some people would accuse our scene of producing music that's anachronistic or call us throwbacks, but country, R and B, blues, and jazz have been interacting and producing new forms for decades. Nothing's completely new. Nothing's completely old either. That's how music forms are born. Influences come together, diverge for a while, and then recombine. The current Americana scene is just another moment of influences converging. Given that, our music is too varied to be a straight throwback. Our blend of country and R&B is influenced by all the styles American music came into contact with along the way. All of them. Reggae, hip-hop, Cuban music, punk, you name it. And that's... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know about the reggae, Cuban, and punk. They they definitely have. Well, but you very, don't have yeah, to hear no. that in their sound in order for, for it to be an influence. Exactly. Is, is what is the point that he's making? And 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 I and I love that he's just like, he's like, yeah, th- this is how music is formed. Here, like, yeah, you here, take it's here, a Frank. We talk, we've yeah. said it a million times. It's a Frankenstein. So here's how like overarching genres are flawed. Like we is the constant struggle it's like what kind of band are you and we say uh we're an americana band you know what i mean because we have great word blues influences we have country influences we have rock and roll influences and yeah we do have blues influences and we do have jazz influences like you're a huge billy holiday fan right she's and yeah, she's vocally she's my jazz biggest i mean she's basically yeah. jazz right yeah. and like i'm a huge hendrix fan and he's acid rock yeah. And then now we're also huge fans like Chris Stapleton, Sturgill Simpson, you know, um, uh, the Felice Brothers, uh, yeah. uh, Tom Waits. Like we have like this crazy eclectic mix. So then we're like we all put it together and we kind of get like an electric rock and roll sound with like, you know, pretty um, descriptive lyrics that tell a story. And it's like, yeah. well, what are you guys? And we're like, well. Uh, we're a rock and roll Americana band. I always joke. Because we don't um, sound like Counting Crows. Aren't they Americana? Like, we don't sound like Dave Matthews Band. No, they, we don't like, sound like any of that. We Americana? don't sound like the Deslons. We don't sound like the Deslons either. They're Americana. They're an Americana band. I always joke we're a little bit... Little bit country, a <laughs> little bit of rock and I don't roll. Think we're that country. <laughs> we're not that country. Yeah. My my voice makes people think of country. Yeah. And so they they tend to they they hear me sing like "Well, brother, I can see," and they're like, "Oh, this is a country band." Yeah. It's like that's just just the way I sing. Yeah. It <laughs> but is. it's it's yeah it's um. 
Yeah, so I, I, I like that, um, that quote. I like that quote as well. <laughs> and uh, I think the main thing about genres is that it came from mostly country music and blues music back in the day, right? It was mm-hmm. basically black music and white music coming from both stemming from gospel, but that's basically what it was back in the day. It was blues and country. And then eventually, you know, the seeds dropped and other genres sprouted. Right. Like, and then there was, you know, uh, rock and roll. There was jazz. There yeah. was a lot more, you know, a lot more Variations happening. Eventually, punk came from out. The same, Hard yeah. rock came out. Metal came out. Yeah. And then eventually, hip hop started coming out. And like, next thing you know, there's so many genres. Now we have like EDM, and we sub-genres. have like genres. We have like thousands of EDM subgenres. You know, like yeah. there's just like don't quiz me on those ever. Yeah, for sure don't. For sure don't <laughs> quiz me on those. But um, all I'm saying is it's really tough to boil an artist today down to a genre because right. it might've been easy back in like the 1910s and 1920s. This is straight jazz. This is straight yes, blues. This but is straight country. Now it was like, we always like to say everyone's a Frankenstein of their influences, right? Yeah. Like I, I was, you were, you know, we talked about your Billy holiday. I was like Jimi Hendrix. And then yeah. we have a lot of other influences that we, and maybe one might lend more than the other, but yeah, Anyway, well, and get... you hear you and you, yeah, it's and you can hear uh, it's it's more interesting to be more eclectic with it. Art has done the same thing. It was like we had classical and then we had like portraiture and then, you know, um, photography came around and people didn't have to do realistic portraits anymore. So we got impressionism and like it's 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 fun. It's it's basically uh, learning the rules of a genre and then breaking it, learning the rules of portraiture and then breaking it. Yeah. Um, and music does that too. And it's so totally. interesting and it's, it's so much fun. Like, um, the other day, I think I told you the other day I was like, you know, what would be fun is to like sit down. Cause I'm, I'm constantly trying to figure out more ways to write songs that are, um, going to make me help write different songs. Cause sometimes I feel like I'm writing the same structures or like, uh, yeah over and over again um and so i was like okay you know i'll go back to like when i first started writing songs on guitar you told me you were like look look up some beatles chord progressions and like play around with those yeah because i don't know a lot of theory i don't really know any so like when i go to write a song i'm like all right it's gonna go cfcf and then i don't know where it should go like so i'm i'm pretty i have a good instinct but when i'm playing when i'm thanks when i'm playing guitar i don't i don't have a really like a uh a structure to go by so i actually was like you know i was like i, I kind of want to listen to like a sure i was i've been listening to a lot of the shirelles recently and they're like one of the first like girl groups that really blew up yeah um and they're amazing totally mad i'm on a sunday um will he still love me tomorrow and they do a <laughs> yeah. lot of really fun songs and and they have the big drum like we we're talking about with the what do you later came the yeah. ronettes um but so yeah so i i i learned one of their songs um uh, it's actually "Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow" on guitar. It's yeah. su- it's super easy. It's like and it's got this cool A minor. It's probably ice cream. I I couldn't tell you. Um, Where you still love me? It's that same beat. Tomorrow. It's that same beat that the Desmonds have. So I I yeah I took that chord structure and like I just kind of played around with those chords. Played around with the I I to any like novice I probably sound like I'm just stealing this song. I'm not <laughs> just copywriting the shit that's out of it. What we that's do. not yeah, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just I'm just learning how a song like that is is created and then taking those same co- sort of chords and saying, "Okay, if I can go from these chords to an A minor, 
then how can I play with that? And I, I kind of was coming up with something that sounded a little bit like a doo-wop song, and it was kind of fun. It didn't sound like the Shirelle song, but it sounded like a doo-wop song. And yeah. I was like, how fun that like we can write these like upbeat, you know, sweet soul music, dance songs, and then we can kind of play I, around. Well, so just, you know it, what? The, the my, idea is keep your mind open. You want to know yeah. who my biggest early influencer was as a songwriter? Because it was not Jimi Hendrix, and that's what a lot of people would think because I'm such a fanatic. I actually wouldn't say that. I would say him for guitar, but for songwriting, ooh, I'm curious who you're going to say. I want you to guess, though. Guess. Um, Don McLean. For sure, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> for okay. sure, no. Um, I'm trying to think of who you were listening to a lot of. Oh, give me a hint. Are they you modern or older? Like He does not. Modern what do you mean? Or, modern like when I was growing like up? Two thousands or like seventies? Uh it, between the two thousands and seventies. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kurt Cobain? Yeah. 100%. Okay, you kinda gave that to me, but hundred <laughs> percent Kurt but Cobain. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's because I realized that you can have incredible songs with having like minimal guitar. He's literally playing That's like three to four huge. power chords in That's a song. Huge. And I'm like, I can totally do this. I was like, if fucking Kurt Cobain, and I'm like, obviously now in hindsight, like Kurt, now that I'm 31 and not 14, yeah. I see that Kurt Cobain is like a pillar of, you know, of music history. Like it yeah. was 70s rock, which morphed into this hideous, you know, a lot of great 80s rock, but then eventually it became like Poison and like Rat and like all these like really oh like over the top 80s bands. And then Kurt Cobain came out with his like bare bones, minimalistic, yeah. raw, primitive, yeah, powerful, electric songwriting. And then next thing you know, 80s are dead because yeah. of Kurt Cobain and his songwriting. Isn't that crazy? And it's like, How of it course, I, when I was 14, I didn't realize that. I just, I'm like, these songs are super easy compared to like, I don't know, well, Carry On My Wayward Son or some shit no, like but that. but that's huge because when you yeah. first start learning guitar and start songwriting, you definitely are going <laughs> to Google, hey, I want. I was doing this earlier tonight because I want to learn a song to play for Carrie's wedding. And I was like, okay, she's like, maybe, you know, you could do one of your songs. And I was like thinking about all the songs I've written. And I'm like, none of these are like, happy love songs we don't do happy love songs <laughs> i was like i don't have and i want to write one i want to challenge myself to write a sort of like an eyes on the prize but more upbeat where it's a genuine like it doesn't sound like a forced love song but it's like a really good positive yeah. you know what i mean like that's my best reference where it's like that song eyes on the prize by m ward um it's like it's it's a gorgeous love song and it's very authentic and it's very uh uh poignant and well my song but it's it's like, not like i have admiration yeah. songs like i have songs where like yeah. i really admire you and i like you but we're not in love you know what i mean like those are like the songs i write because it's like i feel well, like you have to write from yeah. experience and it's and like yeah. i'm not trying to be like a total debbie downer but it's like i haven't you know had that person that I want to write that about. Well, but I do have that person. You and do. I, I yeah, still you totally haven't really do. written. <laughs> Where is really... he? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Where is he? Um, he? He takes a really long time to fold his laundry at the laundromat. It's why we, we've decided in this marriage we can't do laundry together. Those we are can, important things to figure out. But it's like he spends probably an extra 45 minutes at the laundromat than I do. And that I bastard. Can't, I can't. I, I'm How like, I got to go home. He? I'm just very quick with my uh, clothing. Anyway, off track. But what, what, what I was going to say is I was... I was uh, Carrie wanted me to play one of my songs, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I was like, it just doesn't yeah. fit the wedding vibe. Like, Stumbling's the closest, but it's not a love song. No, it's a breakup song. It's a, uh, I could like change the lyrics. I think it's my a last breakup. dance. 
has to be with you <laughs> and it would like ruin it so the lyric is just can't be with you but anyway um no it's a it's so, a total breakup song but so i was googling i was like fuck it i'm gonna do like a beatles song and so i was like googling like <laughs> beatles song chords and like i I'm was i was like oh, oh oh darling is gonna be easy and then i like look up the chords and i'm like sustained fish sharp i don't know this chord so i just like gave up gave up yeah. gave up and i finally found one that i won't say but it's really simple and it's um it's one of my favorite beatles love say songs it. i'll say it because i don't think carrie's gonna listen before i play it but it, um but what if i don't play it whatever in my heart and <laughs> my head in you're my heart battle in your mind right now it's like no one knows what's going on in your brain but you're like but you're like well, playing chess like a, in your head there's like there's like shit. a there's like a little uh thing where i could maybe if there's a like if there's a guitar and if it's the right vibe and if whatever all these yeah. ifs then i'll play this song at her at her yeah. thing but if if it doesn't all line up then then there's no pressure on it but i i did discover no pressure, that no pressure. and if you and if you're in your beginning of guitar learning this is very valuable um um, eight days a week oh it's shit. fucking easy it's yeah. like d e g there's a b minor Ooh, seven in there I need Ooh, I need. and it's like a yeah. fun and it goes yeah. hold me it goes to the a b it minor seven love me um it's a classic uh, yeah it's, it's a classic I tune so i, I just, learned that so the thing that's awesome about that song is it's like just um traditional enough where it's like a lot of the main situations, but it has like really good changes and also just like kind of campy it, lyrics, like kind of, kind of campy great. lyrics, but Love they're great. Day, like eight days mind. a week. Like, would you ever think to write that? Like, no, but I, I use that expression a lot. Like well, when now I'm, we do when right? I'm at work, I'll be like, our, oh, I feel like I'm working. It's in our vernacular now because of the Beatles, right? Because like, of the Beatles. And it's, maybe it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great creative way of writing a love song. Eight days a week. I want more days in the week to yeah it's that's anyway awesome. yeah that's the kind of love song i want to write where it's about the beatles on this podcast we've never talked about the beatles <laughs> on this oh so this so this conversation kind of leads into i read this great quote by sam doors oh my god the great transition so, there <laughs> so there's two things i'm i'm really good uh, at transitioning um so there's two <laughs> things here so so sam doors uh quit uh college along with cameron after he read uh bound for glory by is it bound for glory shit by that's uh song. by woody guthrie oh it's his, that's woody it's guthrie's his, song uh, yeah. it, well no it's his uh it's his autobiography oh, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so he read that and he talks about how that was a huge inspiration to him um and then he talks about how woody guthrie was an influence on him i'll just read it because yeah, i read have it, it right here it. um he says um i'm more attracted to his life spirit and soul than i am to his musicality but even his musicality is just so simple and sounds instantly familiar it's rhythmic and it's easy to get into and i think it encouraged me to first start learning guitar because it didn't seem unattainable to learn those songs if i had tried to sound like otis redding or stephen one stevie wonder at the start i wouldn't have even tried you know <laughs> <laughs> I love and the like, end of that quote. <laughs> I wouldn't have even tried. But like I That's I, where, I love yeah. that. Because like when I first for me it was like I was listening to when I first started dating Tom around the time I first started picking up a guitar, like nine years ago, he would play Hank Williams in his house. Senior? Yes. I always yeah. just say Hank Williams, but yeah, just Hank Williams like you got my chasing rabbits. Just he would play Hank Williams 
all the time. Like, and Hank Williams has hundreds of songs. So I would just be listening to that all the time. And I remember listening to Hank Williams and being like, I don't know a lot about guitar, but it sounds like I could like learn these songs. Totally. Yeah. And, and you can, you know, and it, and he had the same thing with Woody Guthrie. It, it like made it attainable. It's like, oh, you don't have to do this crazy well, that was the same shredding thing about me shit. With Kurt Cobain. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. that's, yes. I was, I, yes. you said that. And I was like, oh my God, Sam Dorsey said this, yeah. basically the same thing. Um, and I, and I love the, uh, the sort of honesty in that and it's it, it it does create this little gateway where you can go you know what because we were talking about it earlier like i was intimidated to play guitar on stage in front of all these as i call them real guitar players that are like <laughs> shredding on guitar and like i always joke i'm like you're playing way up the neck i don't even know what to do up there um but <laughs> it's all the same <laughs> you'll learn later I, it's I've just learned. all the same well when i first learned piano i'm like man if guitar same. were just this simple and then i'm like it's not that different like guitar is yeah. a little more abstract but like it is piano, a more and like i'll tell you if you don't or have never tried to play piano it's just the same thing over and over again yeah which is beautiful hey do you want to get in this la uh second to last song here? yes let's all do right. it um so this is their kind of like prairie home ballad yeah um and it's uh it's riley uh it's riley singing um and so the so that their new album 2017 is called hurry home um they say about it um it's a fitting title for the album because our lives and our songwriting revolve around leaving and returning searching for home uh home can be physical place relationship a state of mind and and you know they're they're kind of spread out at this point i think uh most of them still live in new orleans but i know that like a couple of them are kind of starting to have families and that kind of thing. So, but they're still all getting together to play music. And so, um, and, and Sam has said to, I know Riley's from Missouri and he's a transplant in New Orleans. And then Sam that's, is, that's that great accent he has. Yeah. Missouri, yeah. which is Missouri. so cool. Cause yeah, I didn't really know. And then, uh, uh, Sam Dorr is like born in California, but moved around so much that he's like, you know, I, I don't really have Did a Did you say he was born in home. San Francisco? I think he's born in San Francisco, yeah. Okay. And um Good Cali Cali kid. Yeah, and he kinda grew up uh in uh like uh churches and doing gospel I and stuff around the Bay like Area. When he came here when I saw him in Berkeley, I feel like when I talked to him he talked about having some kind of like connection to the Bay connection Area. To the Bay Area. Oh, he yeah. definitely does have it. Whether yeah. I think he was born in San Francisco. I could I could hey, be if wrong. We're wrong but it's it's, it. it's in the no. <laughs> i know we've been like, wrong before multiple times on this thing i i'm pretty sure and i'll find it but um but so yeah so the this sense of home especially when you're touring a lot we've touched on that before when these bands are touring so much and it's just like this idea of home is almost you know and all we want to do is go out and tour like we're the opposite we're like <laughs> fully at home and we're like we want to get away from home and and what is home i mean we live in salina we've been here for two years and it's like california is our home but it's like we fantasize about just buying like a house in upstate new york and then touring and just having that as a home base like i yeah. feel like as long and th for them for the deslines it's the house on deslin yeah. street is like their home base yeah. i think um no matter where they go and so i think that's really uh it's really admirable. It's, it's something dream. that we we would love to do. I want um, a home base. At the same time, it's like being a nomad is is fucking tough, you know. Yeah, it is tough. It is tough. Anyway, uh, this is all uh, their song "Hurry Home" off their 2017 album by the same name, uh, "Hurry Home."
my notes and I found out that uh, a lot of the interviews that I was reading from are from 2015 um, which is probably when they were doing press for their last uh, record um, and then yeah. 2017 Hurry Home came out and then the last the most recent article I could find was from January 2018 so that's a year ago oh, uh-oh. so we're currently in January 2019 and uh, a year ago uh, Sam Dorr said the band's a little more scattered now Dan uh, Cam uh, and myself still live in New Orleans. John James uh, moved to Asheville with his family, and Riley moved back home to Missouri. So it makes things a little more tricky getting together to rehearse or casually write is more of a to do than when we all lived in the same neighborhood. At the end of the day, though, we can all still meet up when we need to. The most important thing is that everyone digs where they live. I did notice they don't have any uh, tour dates up. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I mean, I'm worried about be, that. They could be. I mean, ban- there's a natural ebb and flow and arc, you know, there's an arc and then there's a dip for bands. It happens. Yeah. Like for us, it was when I lived in Santa Barbara forever, we were just kind of always middling, yeah. like never taking off. And now that I'm in town with everyone, we're starting to take off more. And yeah. it's like, sometimes I think that proximity is inc- like immeasurably important. Yeah. to a band's success. Like you can't be scattered all over the place and have a successful band. I, I really I really believe that. And I, I mean, I people could argue with me till they're blue yeah. in the face and I will listen. I'll listen to arguments for it, but it just I mean from experience that we have. Like it it doesn't we, you, we've you done the long distance past, band thing. You can't get past a certain threshold. They, I mean they are at a different spot than where we were definitely with the long distance band right they're where they're they have two yeah. well they have two albums already under their belts and uh and, you know we were a little more um we're still you know working on our first um so yeah. that's big but i i and that again that was a year ago too so maybe but but riley and uh riley being apart is is rough for me to think about um because he's the, a big heart of that band so that was yeah. him singing hurry home well, they sing it together. Like, yeah, they're singing it I together. Have some notes I want to say about it, oh, but let's keep um, no, let's keep going, and, and then I'll talk about the song in a little bit. Yeah, I mean the song. Um, but yeah, I th- I th- I like to I like to think they'll be able to uh, to be productive. And you know, the one one of the really positive things when you were in Santa Barbara um, was that when we did get together, I felt like we. 
I would almost make it like homework. I was like, I'm going to see Stuart in April. It's, you know, late February or March. So I'm going to finish all these un like yeah. unfinished songs that I have lying around. And so I was really more diligent about it. And when you're here all the time, it's like, I'll get to him, you know, <laughs> and, and yeah. I am really still being, you know, diligent about it. But it definitely makes it uh, when you're long distance, it makes it that when you are together, uh, you do really kind of focus and but and we're also hard. getting together and practicing two times a week practicing's as a full huge. band practicing's like, huge yeah and we're playing shows like two three maybe four times a month in these coming yeah. months and and the thing is is like when you have someone there all the time or someone readily available you can call and say hey um i have this idea what are you doing on tuesday well and i think that the three of them still in new orleans are gonna definitely be doing that well, that's what i was getting at i yeah. mean like just because there are people moving out like honestly if you're three separate states in a band, separate states, not towns, like states mm -hmm. in a band, that's going to be really rough to maintain. And I think yeah. um, it goes to show with the lack of press since 2018, in addition to the lack of tour schedule, it, it seems like maybe they're on a little bit of like a rough patch. Not rough in terms of like disliking, rough not patch, disliking yeah. each other, but, you know, maybe hitting a little bit of like a, oh, shit. We have people all over the place now, and we're not as, um, I don't want to say even productive, but it seems like productive might be the the right way to say it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to try to throw shade by saying it that way, but it's like, they, they seem like they're in different places right now. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Like, there's no reason why Riley Downing can't do his own thing in Missouri, and there's no reason why Sam Doors and uh, Cameron and Dan can't do their own thing in new orleans and john james is so fucking talented he's gonna figure something out yeah. like he'll be able to do something and just because it might and i'm not saying the deslands the deslands are breaking up or anything like that i'm not trying to like put that well, out we don't there. know it's, we don't it's know it's been a year since but we saw anything it's from them, definitely yeah. been a year since there's been like well, much since i could find an article i mean but you were them. googling the fuck out of it right you weren't just yeah, like yeah I, I look it's pretty, not like you're just lazily like dot 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 oh nothing's there like you were actually well, I'm, looking it I'm up hoping, like we're, we're researching this band oh yeah and what i'm what i'm hoping that this could mean is like okay maybe when you're in different states it, do, it means that the five of you aren't going to get together to play a local show like we did last night kind of thing yeah which you know if they even still do that but if they get offered a festival spot they'll do that or if they, yeah. that's what i would hope because i think they're at that point where they've already played some festivals yeah um whether I they're know they play playing like newport folk festival oh, yeah. and like so obviously so maybe, touring with the alabama shakes is like gigantic yeah or if they get another tour spot like hopefully yeah the thing is is you have to put work in right you have to make appearances you have to whether it's touring whether it's um, radio shows. I mean, that's pretty antiquated, old school shit. But whether it's some kind of media, like even this podcast. I mean, we're not a big podcast, but like this podcast is a positive is a positive thing. I, I hope think. so. I hope it gets some um, action to their uh, thing, Spotify. Yeah, things like I mean, they 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 do well on Spotify. It's just like it just. I I really strongly believe that if a band is not together in the same like proximity it's really tough to to like really push forward like you can tread water as a band that's not in the same proximity but it's really tough to push forward unless you're touring like if they live in all these different places and they're also touring like 200 think, days a year that's different that's definitely different but i, I don't think yeah. that's what's going on i think you're right 
in as a band uh, from that perspective of 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 uh, maybe playing together more, practicing getting tighter. Um, as far as songwriting, I hope that. I mean, he says it in the quote. He says, "As long as people are happy where they live, like maybe if." I, I, I'm not big to believe in place as a as a huge wherever you go there you'll be. I think that your mindset um, and your happiness is a huge factor as far as productivity. Totally. Um, but if maybe whatever brought Riley back to Missouri, um, I'm and, sure it wasn't yeah. nothing. We don't know. Right? Yeah, I'm we sure, don't know I'm the sure it was substantial um, because he'd be giving up a lot, right? Um, so my hope yeah. is that it was... Um, but they've I mean, also been a band. Tragic. They've literally been a but, band since that but he's time gonna, I met them at Starry Plow. He's so. gonna. I. They've been a band for so long. It, it reminds me of us, where it's like they're almost familial. They're not related, but it, it feels like they've been sort of uh, trading around different lineups within the same four or five people, and they're gonna keep kind of finding each other. Yeah. And uh, and I think you know Riley's a songwriter. He's gonna be writing in Missouri, totally. and maybe he'll come out with some amazing stuff from spending time there. Like we've yeah. seen a lot of these artists that like go through phases where they um, they you know, live a different lifestyle for a little while. They yeah. get off the grid for a while and they come back with a lot of great material. Anyway, yeah. Dave anyway. Chappelle just did it for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, get off the grid and come he's back. He's like the you Beyonce know? of fucking comedy though. Like he's I think like, he got huge he and he was like, I have to, huge. yeah, he's yeah. like, I got to take a break. But, but I think that, that I think <laughs> I didn't, I could have thought of a better example, but it's like, it's like an artist, taking a little bit of a break maybe going back home i mean hurry home the song we just heard it was by riley we've you know we know that he's back in missouri or he was back in missouri a year ago i don't know maybe he was there and yeah, then he came so back I, I we, we don't quickly know comment on hurry home yeah um, gorgeous song i, I want to get more into this a little bit more i'm um, not too much because we're hitting the wall here uh in terms of time but um, basically, I think the piano really carries the song. I was, first thing I was going to say and, was piano. Yeah, the piano yeah. carries the fuck out of the song. And it almost gives it like this like uh, old school soul, like R&B, R&B vibe to yeah. it. And um, I don't know who plays the piano in that band. So they say I, um, that Cameron, so he has a quote. So Sam says, uh, when we got together to write Hurry Home, it was clear that more influences were working their way into our songwriting and arranging. arranging. It was an exciting time for us. Uh, working on these songs with our good friend and producer, I'm going to butcher this name, Andresia Toxic in the studio, um, exploring new sounds and ideas. I think Cameron's organ playing specifically added an interesting new element. So Cameron's playing organ. So yeah, I was going to So there's get an there. organ, but there's also a piano. I was totally going to get there. Like, right. So there's this piano. I imagine maybe if he's playing organ, he's also playing piano, but I can't say for sure. I can't either. Um, yeah. But there's, there's this beautiful tone to the whole song and this this really like lonesome harmonica too, which is like a great vibe to it. But there are so many different facets to the song. There's the harmonica. There's the piano, which carries it. Right. And then there's these great harmonies between Sam and between Riley, Riley. throughout the whole song. So yeah, it's like right. Riley, yeah. I feel like his voice is maybe more prominent, Right. but it's really Sam and him singing the whole song, like all the way through. Yeah. And um, the other thing that I think is really cool is there's like this solo in it that uh, is like this. It sounds like a slide guitar, like mixed with an organ. Like it's a really, oh, that... it's a yeah, really yeah. unique tone. And yeah. like, I think it's likely a blend of the two, but I'm not 100% sure. It could also be like a slide guitar with like a really intense effect pedal on it. But 
that it i i know there's is it organ. john james with, with his little laps what's that called i uh, i feel like it's slide guitar i don't think it's oh, lap steel it sounds like slide guitar um, yeah. Because it's like single note, where I, I've like, never seen a video of them playing it either. Yeah, so like steel steel pedal, like you'll hear a lot of the you like steel pedal is pretty unmistakable in terms yeah. of its color when it when it's added into a song. It's, um, I mean, pedal steel. It's such a unique instrument, and this sounds to me like it does not sound like pedal steel. And a, I could, be I know wrong. the solo you're talking about. And I could it, be it, wrong. I, I yeah. couldn't identify it. It sounds to me like a slide guitar mixed with an I organ. Think you're like they're right. playing the same shit to me that's like what it sounds like at the same time like, like yeah. at the same time the same melody and that's Cameron playing the organ the percussionist yeah. which is so, so to cool me, that's they, what they it all sounds do so like. much yeah but anyway i think we got to wrap this up pretty soon i just want to kind of cap off our discussion about the deslon the deslons oh my god that's <laughs> if you're listening to this rewind and every time we say their name incorrectly, just take a drink. Like it, it's <laughs> make a drinking game out <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah, make you a guys. drinking game after. Anyway, <laughs> like what I, what we want to say is we hope that we have not heard the last from them because they're like a really fucking awesome band, and we, they've been around from Sandors and, and the Tumbleweeds probably even before that, right? And like, and now it's been. I don't know about five six years that we've known of them. Yeah, and their different iterations of band names and well, and, and they're and we just hope that it's not the well, last we've heard from. They're them. all authentic, genuine yeah. songwriters and musicians. And I'll I'll uh, I'll close them off on a, I think this is a Sam quote. It might be a Riley quote. It doesn't say, but uh, um, oh, it's Sam. Everybody in this band is just so itchy all the time. It's our common thread. We've covered a lot of ground, and it's so complex. Feeling tired from all that, but yet still having it kind of running through your blood. And I think he's talking a little bit about touring too there. But it's like, I I like to think that they they still have that excitement and that itch, and I hope uh, so. and it'll it'll come through. And I and I think absolutely, uh, they're they're not gonna stop. Yeah, I really songwriting hope so. whether it's together or not. I think I think Sam Doors and Riley Downing is like a Lennon McCartney where it's like God, you guys write really well together. I know you write well on your own too, but I I I, I really like having them together. Totally. So, I, totally. but I mean, what's meant to be will be. We can't. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe they'll come out with amazing. And also, just because we like own. them doesn't mean we can like be disappointed that they move to different states. Like, no, life it, takes you in different places. Exactly, and it's yeah. not like any one fan is like oh but you guys it's like dude like yeah things yeah. happen yeah and they've left us with two incredible albums and if they don't come out with another album that's fine we got these, we've got yeah two we're great lucky albums, to have these two yeah they're going to be playing their music or they're going to be playing music their whole life yeah hopefully as they should be because um, they they all so whether it's should be, yeah the deadlines sam doors and the tumbleweeds sam doors Riley Downing and the Tumbleweeds yeah. or whatever iteration they have going on. Right. Or it's going yeah. it's gonna be, it's gonna it's be gonna fine. Be you know, and it's, it's gonna and be good. And as long as they're doing it, you know, you think about like when you get a great album like that, we talked about it before, or you just, it's, it's just people that sat down and decided to make the thing. And it's, and then people fell in love with it. I mean, think about your favorite song that you listen to over and over again. And it's like somebody sat down one day and they worked it out, yeah. which is very unglamorous. And we've all done it where you sit on yeah. your bed with your guitar and you work it out. And then it can grow into this really beautiful thing. So just the fact that they put things out there already yep. in the world is, is so important. Incredible. And I hope they keep doing it is yeah. all I'm saying. All right. So a little bit of Radio Keys news. As we kind of you know mentioned during this podcast, Emily and Tommy are going to New Zealand for our, our really good friend, Carrie. Uh, Gray, 
um, her wedding. So you guys are going to be on a f- fucking impossibly long flight. Uh, it's between 14 and 16 hours. And I, I've flown to like... You're not going to have a Wednesday. Your Wednesday's gone. Yeah, but then we get it. We get we go back in time on the way back. Oh shit! Yeah, it's, you get two Thursdays. It's very weird. Um, it's a strange thing. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna leave on Tuesday night. And we're gonna get there on Thursday afternoon, but it's only a fourteen to sixteen hour flight. But then we leave New Zealand on a Friday at five p.m. Oh fuck! You're and gonna we get, get two to Fridays. F- we get to SFO at ten thirty on Friday, so it's like we went back in time. I would kill for a double Friday. It's like <laughs> a little de- well, we're gonna be real jet lagged, and like I, yeah. it's Tom's first time leaving the country. Oh um, shit! He's never left the country. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Yeah, it couldn't be farther either. And it's the Jesus. furthest flight. I know it's it's New York and back basically because that's oh, a seven hour flight. So golly. Yeah, you know, I I I think it'll be all right. I I got a I bought this melatonin and I wanted to get like something stronger, but like I was too lazy Xanax to get. Yeah, well, Xanax is great. I've had legitimate bad physical anxiety where what if you I just went the other it? way and you just like took molly or some shit on this yeah, fucking dude. Like, instead of like some well, downer thinking, you took some like super I was upper thinking of, like getting some of that i was like god like i get really anxious on planes and like totally I'm, and fucking, i'm gonna be especially over the ocean you look and you're like well dude yeah, we crash here no one's finding us i specifically gave us gave myself an aisle seat because i keep, uh, so i can't look out the window yeah um yeah. and i also like to be able to get up and walk around a lot and take a piss um, or whatever yeah, yeah and, and just like walk around yeah because yeah. um yeah, so anyway, I uh we're going to maybe, you know, watch all of Game of Thrones or download some podcasts or something. We have some plans going on. I I brought like four books, so we'll see. I think it'll be fine. Uh so we're going to New Zealand and uh and then we're going to come back and then uh our next gig is with Roxy again, which is yes. so fun at the Starry Plow. Yes. Uh February 22nd and then uh 2 days later we got a really exciting gig that that uh it's a long time coming. Um, we've been uh, we've been trying to get this for a little while, um, and it's in Petaluma, and it's at Lagunitas uh, Brewery. Is that what they? It's Lagunitas Log- Brewing yeah, Company, but it's the, the actual location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's gonna be so fun. Yeah, it's we're gonna play for about like three Sunday, hours. I think it's it's three during to the six. day. February you're gonna 24th. wake up from your Sunday morning hangovers. You're gonna go to Lagunitas and watch some radio keys, have a few beers to wean yourself back into reality. Well, we reality. went and saw Muncie there. Um, Their last show. They yeah. have not played since. No. Uh, I know. They played a great show. Yeah, they did. And I got some some photos of them. I was like trying to figure out my new uh, my new uh, camera. But anyway, uh, and and it's a great crowd. It was probably a yes. hundred and something people there just totally. chilling on. Just drinking just, some beers and eating some great like yeah. food. So I, mean, I, I think it'll just be a fun gig because it's uh well, I know what's also it's a natural crowd. fun about that. And we should really do a lot of rehearsing before it um, because they have the ability to mic everything and record it. Live. Oh, my gosh. So then we can have like a, a, a live, live recording. And if we get I mean, we're playing for three hours. So if we play for three hours and we pick out 10 songs that are awesome then we could have a live at Lagunitas like album if it turns that's out really okay. That's really cool. Anyway, that's that's like in the no future. Fresh. But no, that's fun. Okay, so yeah. And then the yeah. the last thing is, um, we solidified our recording date at Prairie Sun Recording Studios. Yay. It's going to be April twenty sixth weekend. So we're going to start tracking then. And to be cl- we've talked about before, we're also releasing an acoustic that album. That got a little bit of a hiccup because well, but, well, of my computer like yeah, taking shit. I didn't want to bring that up necessarily. Yeah. I just meant like we're going to 
We're going to re- release that album relatively soon, yeah. before April, I I'm think. I'm hoping by the end of February. And that'll just hoping. be our bare bones acoustic stuff. We've already talked about it. And yeah. then our our true, real Radio Keys full band album is going to be recorded in yes. April. And we've nailed it down. Yes. That's awesome. So we're really excited about that. It, it's and we're going to have a sleepover? We all get to crash yes, at the studio? Yes, we're sleeping over for I like three it. nights. Yeah. Okay. We we're can't gonna, party too hard. No, we won't party too hard. Um, <laughs> we're going to be recording. We're going to be sleeping. We're going to be recording. We're going to be exhausted. Sleeping, Those days sleeping. are long. Like, people don't yeah. really, I don't think people really appreciate how uh, draining like recording sessions can be. Oh, really draining. Well, it's the same thing over but and over just again. But just for, yeah, just for reference, like all of the recordings you've ever heard of Radio Keys on Spotify and whatnot, they've all been done in a bedroom that I have resided in. Yeah. Every single one. And except they sound, for, some of them sound except amazing. Except for the drums. Um, for Hey Hey Charles and Stumblin' were recorded with Jay Young in his old house in Concord. Yeah. So other than that, everything has been, you know, my little studio set up in my room. Right. So we're finally going to a real studio. I mean, Tom Waits recorded in the studio. The Who recorded on the same board that we're going to record on. Like wow. the Neve Council. Like it's going to be a completely different experience for us. And we are so so enthusiastic I'm and excited, really excited about it and it's a great deal and they're great people it's like out yeah in the you c- met them and, is, and all yes, that yeah yes they just want to help make great music they really Isn't do that what it's all about yes and they, they, <laughs> I love they live it. out in the country like it's just a beautiful area kind of near petaluma like a little bit south of petaluma it's in sonoma county right yeah um yeah i think so sonoma County's fucking big so and I, um, I think it is yeah yeah we're just really excited about it so mm. anyway uh, that's the Radio Keys news. Um, Alante and I, I I'm sitting in your guys' house while you're gone. So I'm going to be like impossibly lonely with your cats. <laughs> you know, here. I, I like being alone here. You can, uh, I don't know, you can walk around. You can play a lot of music. I, I think, think it's going to be, be like The Shining. No. I'm going to be... <laughs> I'm gonna be like Jack Nicholson. You know, it's also warming up. It was 70 today. You can sit out on the balcony and like it's 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 nice to be here alone. I, I hope you find the same solace here that that I do. Obviously, I you will. don't live here, I but will. I think you'll you'll enjoy yourself. Watch the Super Bowl here in in solitude. Invite Alante um, over. Yeah, Alante yeah. will come over. Yeah, we've got plenty of beds. Um, so we're gonna play one last song by the Deslons. Um, please check them out. Uh, they have a a rich, um, what's it called? A uh, uh, when you have a lot of um. You tell me. I don't know where you're going with it. <laughs> well, they have a lot of music online is what yeah. I was trying to say, but I was trying to say it in a <laughs> poetic like, where way. Are, you Whatever. are we talking about like a sauce that bird. you put on like chicken? <laughs> like, what? Anyway, I think this song, um, Wrong Time to Be Right, I do not believe that they wrote it. I think it was by some guy. I don't know. I thought they yeah, did. I don't so. think they wrote it. I think it was by some gentleman who I'm sure if you do a little bit more Google research than I did, you could figure it out. Um, I don't think he was a huge star, but I think he was kind of like a local, like legend kind of guy for them. And uh, it's called "The Wrong Time to Be Right." Um, I think and it has. We talked about it in the beginning. It's the first. It's the first song that I really fell in love with uh, by them. And the other one that I really liked is a song called "Silver and Gold" that Riley um, Downing sings. But oh, nice. so shout out to Silver and Gold. You can check that one out. Um, but this one's called "The Wrong Time to Be Right." I think it has like this great slide guitar throughout. Yeah. Um, I love the dynamics in this song. That's my favorite part about it. I love like the kind of psychedelic lyrics. It's like the, I imagine like when I hear this song, I imagine this guy just being like 
impossibly hungover and like Walking he doesn't really know what's going like, on. He's like, show. oh my God, what the fuck just happened? Lots of funny people yeah. in my house. And yeah. uh, the dynamics are great in this song. Um, like right after the chorus, there's like this drum pickup. And then like a slide guitar solo comes in. I think it happens like three times in the song. And yeah. it, it's just a great dynamic shift. Like the drums kind of come in a little heavier. I don't know. I, I love this song. I, I fell in love with it. It's I and I watched that video of them playing it over and over again. It's well, I recognized him when I saw him like a total creep. I was like, creep. oh, I've, I've watched this. Yeah, I'm I am a creep. Um, but yeah, and it's uh, yeah, lyrically it's a lot of fun. I think it's sort of that strange sort of almost bored kind of uh messiness that comes after uh a heartbreak where somebody leaves and then it's like yeah. you're trying to fill it with um other people with maybe booze. or partying and <laughs> yeah. it's yeah i mean that's been that's kind of the <laughs> been there yeah and it but it really captures that in this very, very it almost cool has like way. an octopus's guarded feeling to it it does a little bit yeah I, it's funny because i could never tell you why but yeah it, yeah, yeah it does maybe it's a chord progression why. I don't know. Maybe and it's something that's sneaking in. in I think our it's brains, like the lead yeah. guitar and the chord progression, maybe. But anyway, yeah. um, so I think we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, my name's Stuart, and uh, this is Emily, my sister, hey. and we're gonna keep searching for that sweet, sweet soul, soul music. Went out.
Ain't no more. 